Calcio Connection podcast, connecting with you Italian football fans from all over the world. So uh, before we get into some Serie A, and I do want to talk some Champions League uh, because we had some interesting results from a couple of Italian sides today, and Juve losing 4-0 at Chelsea uh, is a good lead-in. Uh, Jerry, Jerry, you tweeted something critical of Weston McKenney, who just made a, a hellacious error on that fourth Chelsea goal. Just no effort whatsoever on that play. You tweeted about it, and suddenly, Jerry, who is Canadian, mind you, you hate America now because you tweeted something critical. I'm not even going to say mean, mean spirit. You tweeted something critical of Weston McKenney's effort on uh, on that play that led to the fourth Chelsea goal, and you are you are getting attacked by the stars and stripes. America has declared war on Canada. America is going after Jerry Mancini. Jerry, what happened? Would you like to defend yourself? Well, I, I'll, I'll I'll call myself out on the last part. I didn't had no idea that goal differential was head to head. Now, I thought that it was based on the group itself. So I kind of thought of it as the world cup basically where goal differential who has a better difference and that's it i didn't know it was head to head but i called him out for a goal that i thought that was pretty bad the just looked like it, it was a lazy play and it was I'm very lazy that. Like, like that play and, and and you weren't commenting on 90 minutes you were commenting on that play exactly and, and i don't understand how I become impartial and, I, and, and I, I'm, a, I'm a bad guy all of a sudden because I kind of call out Weston McKinney. Like it, it, it's like a full attack on me and it's like, okay, relax. It, it, it's an individual play I'm calling out on. I didn't say the guy had a bad game. I didn't say he was terrible. Like it, it's no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say this the wrong way. It's so many Americans just, become so defensive and it's not not i guarantee if he had a bad game they still say he had a good game so it doesn't really matter or they would just keep their mouth shut yeah like it's so annoying because it's not like i'm calling him out for having a bad performance that's not what i'm saying and and i love the fact that oh they were already down three nothing it didn't really matter at that time he was tired he was gassed okay let's let's look at hold on that's the stupidest take I'm going to say right now because let's just say the game was 0-0. What's the difference? What's the difference? Oh, so he's tired. You can let you can just allow that. 0-0, who cares? We lost the game one nothing. He's tired. What are you going to do? Just pack it up. No, man. At the end of the day, he, he, yeah, he, he started off very well, but as the game progressed, he kind of dipped off. That's, that's, that's it. Like – don't think he was amazing for 90 minutes and all doom and gloomy. And, and I hate how he had to pick up their sorry asses. What the what the heck is that, man? All of a sudden, McKinney has a good game, and all of a sudden he's picking up their asses. The guy has been very MIA for a lot of the season. So who's been picking up his ass for a lot of the season? All right? So I, I hate if anything, it's Manuel Lacatelli who who kind of is the bulk of that midfield, right? Like, yeah, he's he's been the yeah. best overall performer there for most of the season. If anything, yeah. he picks up their asses. But uh oh, 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 
We, oh, here's we, the man. We, we and, have... and Stephen K. Moore from the Laziali joins us. Stephen, just to get you caught up, well, we just went live a couple minutes ago, but uh, Jerry was explaining himself because the United States of America has declared war on Jerry Mancini because Jerry, he tweeted something critical of a lazy-ass effort by Weston McKinney on Chelsea's fourth goal. Jerry had the audacity to tweet about it, and... You know, there are there are like nukes flying north of the border right now. Like uh, America is going after Jerry. You are a, uh, a fellow Canadian of Jerry. So uh, hopefully you can have your guys back here. Yes. No, absolutely. We're all all here to support Jerry, right? <laughs> That's what it's all about. And uh, Richard Carmen says Jerry hates American Thanksgiving even. Yeah. I mean, you guys you guys from from uh, from Canada, you celebrate in October. We celebrate real Thanksgiving down here. I don't know about that. I, I think ours is a little bit better. I was confused. Everyone's saying they're preparing for Thanksgiving. And I was like, that happened a month ago. But <laughs> I love it. I love American Thanksgiving. It's the best. You celebrate it, Jerry? Yeah. I, I normally take off every American Thanksgiving. I sit on my ass and I watch all three football games. Wow. Until I started watching football again, European football. So that kind of replaced it. <laughs> so I, I, I'll be watching the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday. That's for sure. 4.30, I'll be parked, and uh, if I could, I would have uh, some ham, not turkey. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of turkey either. Um, I, I think we're, we're going to jump around a lot on this episode. I want to circle back to Champions League. Atalanta had a, a shocking 3-3 draw with young boys and Juventus. Uh, 4-0 loss at Chelsea. I think that that result speaks for itself, but uh, my guy, my guy, Lord Figo is in the chat. True Inter legend, Lord Figo. He hashtag Forza Inter, my Scudetto, Napoli and Milan are on borrowed time. Now, I, I will say, guys, and, and Steven, I, I want you to weigh in on this. And then, Jerry, um, obviously, I'm I'm repping Inter today, of course. And uh, and I, I wasn't really too optimistic heading into that match against Napoli uh, because not only do I have a lot of respect for Napoli, and I still do because they, you know, they they nearly tied that game up. I mean, those couple of crazy chances they had there late, uh, but I, I do respect Napoli. They've got an excellent attack, and they'd only given up four goals all season long heading into that game. But then the other thing was I wasn't overly bullish on Inter. Uh, because even though at the end of the day it only ended up being DeVry missing the game, the squad had multiple players who were far from fit. I mean, Ed Dzeko wasn't fit enough to go from the start. Barella is exhausted. There were questions about Bastoni heading into the match, so there were a number of different issues with fitness and health, and so I, I was thinking kind of a draw would be the best result, but Figo hit the nail on the head. I mean, with Inter taking three points from Napoli, and Fiorentina helping everybody out and taking three points from Milan. Um, I is is it fair to say at the very least it's a three horse race for the Scudetto, Stephen? And I say at the very least because I had a conversation with David Amoyal yesterday, and he said, you know, I'm not completely ruling out Atalanta. Like you know, they're a little bit farther from the pack than Inter, but this could be you know at least a three horse race, if not a four horse race. Yeah, no, I think I kind of agree with what you're saying there. Like at the beginning of the season, I, I was very bullish on both the Milanese clubs. I thought that Inter, both Inter and Milan, despite all the changes that kind of happened, I thought that Pioli, obviously we've seen him kind of struggle when he stays at a club for a, a longer period of time, like a Lazio, for example. But I thought that Milan was going to have a very good season. Same thing with Inter. A lot of people kind of 
counted Atalanta out. But the main thing that I kind of looked into a little bit further was the fact that there's so many changes at Roman Lazio who are going to be challenging with Atalanta to kind of make that, that fourth position, if not higher, that they, they're still going to kind of be in that spot. So despite kind of having that slow start, they're, they're only at they're 25 points, only three points back off of Inter. And then obviously um, Napoli and uh, Milan are up there at the top of 32, but there's definitely still in this race as well. And I think, Obviously, Roman Lazio, not the most consistent right now, but they can also be argued like top four is, is going to be their goal as well, right? So yeah. it's going to be another one of those crazy years. Um, I think the way it's lining up right now, though, with, with Napoli, Milan, and Inter, I think those are kind of kind of be those those top three spots. And then we'll see what happens later on. Maybe Juventus will, will start to make that redemption run. Um, who knows, right? You can't really count them out until the end of the season. Juventus can only go up from here after today's result. It's hard to get much worse than yeah. that. So the, 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 well, and, and we were all the, banking on them to suffer. lose. At least Laziali were banking them on them to lose today. I know no one was watching the game today, and I kept hearing the yeah, yeah, every time a goal went in. So <laughs> and Jerry, I love Jerry. He's repping Chelsea, yeah. of course. Now there Jerry, Chelsea, Chelsea are his second club, but it's still it's an epic troll job to wear that tonight, Jerry. Oh yeah, well done. I, well done. I I. Uh... It's Lazio first for me, but Chelsea is second, and and I thought Inter was second. Thought it was Inter second, no, no, no. no, no. Inter's first. <laughs> no. You know, he keeps it <laughs> yeah. a secret. Sorry, yeah, my bad. No, no, no. <laughs> Chelsea, Inter's uh, they're, they're that that's the past. Um, that's more my father, if anything. It's more to rep my father and just be, just I guess like. I, I support my dad sometimes, but other than that, uh, I have no business with Inter. I, I, if anything, I'll be honest. It's just I, I, I find that interacting with Inter fans on Twitter, I it can be really civilized for most of the time. Honestly, like a lot of Inter fans are very respectful to me, and and vice versa. And I and I find that the history really plays a part in that. There's a lot of Inter fans who do believe in the whole like relationship and. Being supportive of you know of one another, so that's the reason why that I'm I'm always supportive of Inter fans. But if I had to choose between the two, it's obviously Lazio, and that's it. Like that's 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 there's no ifs ands and buts. Like if it was any other reason, like sure, Inter can win a Scudetto over Juventus, absolutely, or anybody else, I can care less, right? But for the most part, yeah. Um, as for Chelsea, man, what a beatdown! Like Juventus, or I'll, I'll say it. I, I thought that the Cataldi foul was right at first at hindsight, and I tweeted that out. But Stephen Moore like basically hit it on the nail. Where it, it's it's I think that you mentioned this. So it, it was not a foul. Like, and I agree. Like, there. I'm not sure if you mentioned that. But I know no, like, I don't think I I looked at it a lot and a lot of people like when Ono had said, you know what, he touched the ball, he touched the ball. And, I, and I, either way, let's just say he touches it by the slightest amount because that was maybe all that it was. It, it was still a matter of the fact that he impeded Morata from right. getting the ball, even though Morata took a nice full on dive. And although Cataldi brought his legs back in as soon as he kind of made contact with him unfortunately like that's the way the rules are and like it, it was kind of a, it's one of those soft penalties where it's like you know what i look at it as if Lazio was on the other end of it would we would we be upset that it wasn't called and you kind of go both ways and go it's it's a matter of who the referee was but it wasn't more so just that foul in that game it was the, the numerous calls that went against us like the locatelli challenge i tweeted it out i don't know for me that's a that's a two-sided challenge his feet are both in the area that came in he touched the ball first 100 percent, but he went through 
Cataldi. And that wasn't even blown for a foul. And like there was just continuous calls like that throughout the game whereby it was like, why is everything going in UA's favor? And it was funny because I, I don't know who Uwe kept tax. tweeting it. I think it was Nima, Uwe, Uwe Tox. I kept seeing that before the game. And then obviously we see the bellow take full effect. So that was more so where, where I was where I was kind of Oh, that was a little bit shaky, but overall, you know, Lazio didn't Lazio didn't deserve the points. I thought it was going to end in a tie. I thought that's yeah. what it was going to look like. I didn't really see either team coming on too strong. Um, obviously, Juve's been really inconsistent. Lazio is without key players. Immobile is always a challenge. We've seen the record. I think without him, I think it's like only uh, I can't remember the exact numbers. I think it's like 15 Serie A games. I think we've only won like four or five of them or something like that when when he's absent. So obviously really difficult when he's gone. So either way, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know what, Locatelli should have been a red card or that penalty shouldn't have happened. End of the day, we had one shot on goal. So yeah, we, we're not, we're not yeah. going to do anything from that. So it doesn't really matter at that point, right? So, But as for this Chelsea game, like if Juventus decides to play defensive mode for 90 minutes every game, they are dust. Yeah. Like they, especially they, in Europe. I mean, you, you can get away with that in Italy sometimes, yeah. even still, not as much as you could have. Like, I, and it's funny because I think Allegri, who had, you know, he had been two seasons on hiatus, he had even made some comments like after the Empoli game this year where Serie A has changed even over the last few years because, you know, like opposing teams used to just sit back like smaller clubs and now they're actually attacking. And then you find that the bigger clubs, you know, you need to focus more on attacking and not as much Catanacho. So, even in the matter of like three years, uh, the Serie A has just become more attacking and more exciting than it used to be. I I don't know, man. I I just don't like this. Like if we had Immobile on Saturday, I I'm I'm so confident that we win that game. Like I'm more than ever confident. Um, we'll talk about the game after, but where you see Chelsea had has four predominant strikers. I was mm-hmm. talking on the phone with Joe Fischetti about this, and I said the difference was that Lazio didn't have a plan B behind Immobile, whereas Chelsea has a plan B, C, and D behind Romelu Lukaku. So Chelsea now, I mean, now Juventus has this this problem where they need to figure out, okay, Christian Pulisic is starting today. Uh, if Pulisic comes off the bench, we got to worry about Timo Werner. And if it's not Timo Werner, it's Lukaku. And if it's not Lukaku, it's somebody else. And and that's where the trouble begins, where there's a lot of weapons. You know what I mean? There's a lot of options to make this team better. And then you've got a midfield of Jorginho and Golo Conte. Hold on, Conte gets hurt today. But who gets guess who comes in? The guy who should be on goddamn Lazio, Ruben Loftus cheek, okay? This is the guy that Lazio there's a Here's the difference between Sari and Inzaghi. The fact that when Sari wants a player, I find that there's a better purpose as to why he wants it. There's a reason. Whereas Simone Inzaghi's player is that he's always wanted. As much as we rip on Tare, Inzaghi's no better because he's he's gotten the players he's wanted and we're stuck with them. Mohamed Fadis, Exhibit A. What's he done for Lazio? Like... I don't remember the last player that we got that he wanted that has really panned out. You know what I mean? Was he responsible so, for Murici? No, that that's no, not. That, that's, 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 that's our sporting no, director. No, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that I won't. I won't. Him. I won't put that on him. But the point no, is, I know. the point is, Chelsea's so deep, and and had had it. I know that Juventus have players out, but had they just tried to take the game to Chelsea a bit, it could have disrupted them. 
Like you, you can't play like that. And I think Chelsea is going to go far in the Champions League. That that team is really well rounded and and I I don't know why they bought Lukaku in the first place. Um, this is a team. I, I guess he's helped them win a few games this year, so I can't say he's been bad he's or anything. Not having a great year though. He's really not. No, he's not. It, it was it was like a vanity signing. I mean, um, you know, it, and and maybe they overestimated how much they needed him, even though yeah. they won the Champions League last year without him. So maybe they overestimated how much they needed him. But also, you know, Chelsea has a ton of money, and Lukaku's stock was really high after this season he had last year with Inter. And so sometimes, like big rich ass clubs, because you see PSG do signings like this all the time, you're just like, you know what, this guy's really hot right now. He can't hurt. He can help us. So, you know, 100, 110, 120, whatever it was, million euros isn't really that much for us. Let's just do it. Yeah. No, like like you said, like Chelsea's got a lot of money. So, end of the day, I think it was more so kind of that he's always said he wanted to go back home sort of thing, right? Obviously, I don't know why they let him leave in the first place. But um, with the money that that Inser got, end of the day, like I I was one of those guys who said, if you're being offered that much money for that player, You know what? You're going to take that, and you can rebuild the whole team with that money. Like if Lazio right. were to sell it a was player part, for that it was much, partly that because obviously, obviously they needed the money because of the the situation with ownership. But then also, like um, I, I came to find out more about this later on, like through his agent Pastorello revealed a lot of this. That I, I think that at the time when they were talking about making this deal. I think that a lot of us kind of underestimated how much he really wanted to go to Chelsea because when when the Absolutely. move was happening, it felt kind of like Inter were forcing him out, but then it became clearer as time went by that he forced his own way out. Yeah, no, for sure. And you look at things of as well, like Chelsea just won the Champions League. Obviously, they're they're as much as we hate to say it, he's going to make more money and, and they're a bigger club right now in general than, than Inter yeah. and Milan who oh, yeah. struggled over recent years, right? So you want to go to one of the bigger sides like Real Madrid, the Barcelonas, even though they're kind of struggling right now, but one of those bigger teams with a, like, I feel like more success in recent years in the Italian sides. And that's where obviously we, we saw a bunch of players coming over and that's where you kind of saw, okay, maybe the revamp of Serie A with Ronaldo coming over. We had Lukaku come, but then all those players are still slowly started to drift away again. It's kind of, like most players are not really wanting to come back um, to Italy anymore. So I think it's more like the Premier League kind of aspect of things right now. So I think that probably played a little bit of a part too um, with him leaving the summer. So I wanted to ask you guys uh, something from, you know, the fallout of, uh, of Inter's win over Napoli. And I thought Napoli played really well and they, they should have tied the game up uh, quite frankly with those chances that they had late in the match. Uh, certainly, I'll take the three points for Inter. I make no apologies for it. Inter played well for most of that match, but the fallout was bigger even than three points lost for Napoli because the Victor Osimhen injury was, I think, more serious when the test results came in than a lot of people expected. He and Milan Skriniar went up uh, for a header, and it was incidental contact. It wasn't really the fault of either guy, but Olsiman, his face just collided with that hard head of Milan Skriniar. I don't know what this guy is, a cinder block for for a skull, apparently, because Olsiman suffers several fractures uh, in the orbital and in in the cheekbones, and he's going to be out maybe for 90 days, a timetable along those lines. And, guys, that's a big loss. Now, Napoli, Napoli do have... You know, Mertens, who's still very dangerous. We'll see how much Petania can do over this time. So they do have some depth. They do have some options there. But Osimhen, to this point, 
best number nine in Serie A. And this this is going to be a big loss for Napoli, right? And Anguissa's got a little bit of a of an injury situation as well. What what do you got, Jerry? He's not the best number nine in, in Serie A. Cheeto? Yes. My bad. Best form. Best form. Can you give me that? Well, actually, no, because How? he's got a couple of All right. Fair he's enough. Got, Fair enough. Cheeto's got like 10 goals in 11 matches. Like, how? how all right. You, all right. Second no, best number. Not, nine not, you, not you, but I see it all over Twitter. It's like, oh, <laughs> best, best strikers in City Odd. Dusan Vlahovic. And we got Victor Osiman. And they're good players. Don't get me wrong. They're very Joaquin good. Players. You can't forget about Tammy Abraham, too, eh? Uh, yeah. 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 Who's that guy? One of the best nines in Serie A. There's a reason why he doesn't play for Chelsea anymore. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but my well, point okay, is... So, so I, I see your point, but but how, how big of a lot? Because, you know, Napoli, they're on top of the table still. They do have a tough stretch of games coming up, okay? <laughs> how big is this nice. loss going to be for them? Um, You want to go first, Steve? Go first. No, I, I think I was just going to say, like, they face Lazio next. Obviously, they have the Europa League yeah. tomorrow. Um against, I think, Spartak, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. um, away. But um, obviously, they, they face Lazio next match. So for, for us, it's it's better. But um, in general, obviously, them being without their 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 big striker, obviously, is going to be a blow for them. Obviously, they have Mertens, but he's a different kind of striker. Um, I think that uh, Osman's really fit in um, with Spalletti this year, and I think he's done pretty good. Obviously, um, one of the better guys that you can say right now in form, um, best number nine in Serie A right now, I think that's always going to be uh, a debate with us, especially because Mobile is still playing and still scoring. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, definitely going to be a big blow for them. Um, I think the reports are saying they're going to be out for three months. That means he's going to miss the um, Africa Cup of Nations as well, if, if I'm not mistaken. That's going to be coming up soon, yeah. too. So he's going to be out with Nigeria. He's not going to be able to attend that either, which is... You know what? It's a it's a pretty sh- like shitty injury. Put to put it this way, obviously it's your face. So you like maybe if you wear the mask, you can come back a little bit sooner. But it's not like one of those things where he's like he's pulled a muscle, for example, and like he really can't play. Like he can still run right now. He can still shoot. He can still do all that stuff. But he can't obviously with his his face can't play uh, in the game. So it's kind of kind of be a a pretty shaky injury, I guess, for the time being. But yeah, overall big blow for Napoli. Um. I think that we're still going to be worried about Napoli because they have a, a quality second striker that they can put in it as Dries Mertens. That's that's what scares me is that I think that Dries Mertens can be a better striker at the moment than Victor Osimhen on his best days. You know what I mean? Like he he kind of scares me a bit more sometimes Mertens because the way he he plays and how he can just play in various roles. He he's a free roamer, right? So. Uh, he's the kind of guy I wish we had on Saturday who could play that false nine. He's the perfect guy that Lazio needed on Saturday for that specific game. You throw him in, say, hey, can you play false nine for Lazio? That's what we were missing. Like, that's that's the guy. But um, Merton scares me more than Patania. Yes. Um, I, I don't want to discredit Patania because he's he's – he can be a game changer as well on his on his yeah. good days. Like he, he's he's he, capable he, he, of like scoring big goals against the run of play. Like he he's the yeah. type of striker where he just won't be doing shit and then suddenly he scores. Yeah, I don't want to take up Tanya, but what I fear about Victor Osiman is he may not even play this season again. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Like the the way it sounded his injury today and like. How, how like he he had to put like twelve screws apparently in his face or something or he has like a metal plate in his face or something. Don't quote me on that, but along those lines, like they had to do a lot of like reconstruction on his face. Yeah. I I I I agree that it, it, he, he can he can run. 
He can walk. He can stay in fit. His whole body still functions. It's the mental part of his game now that I'm kind of concerned because it's the second concussion he's got in the last season. Mm. In the last year, uh, he got another bad one. He, he missed a lot of time due to a concussion. I think it was last season. And, yeah, he was off for a little bit last year, too, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, for a long time. Yeah. And, and, and you got to think that a guy like that is not going to go in like that anymore. And is he scared to make those challenges now? Does he change his game? Like his – it's the, and the mental part of his game is such a – the psychological, it's such a fundamental in football that if a player is scared to make that challenge, well, a step of his game is off, um, his decision-making is off. He's no longer playing in those strides that he's so comfortable in that was prior, you know what I mean, prior to his injury. Like, he, he will adjust his game, and, and, and I fear that for Napoli fans and for himself, it might – take a little impact on this game and and also like we also have to remember that once he's cleared to pay he still has a, a few weeks away until he trains gets back up to game level is back with his team and all that stuff right so we're looking at maybe march he comes back if, if soonest like if if earliest uh, like let's be realistic here like we and we don't know how long it's going to take to heal the procedures they're still trying to figure out Try, trying to get a proper mask for him mm-hmm. like there's there's just a lot of things i it's it's it's, it's scary man because like it sounded like i saw sharma basically tweet out that his eye socket came out but i, I don't know oh. if it was oh, yeah it's some an italian uh, journalist i think had tweeted yeah. that or, or the doctor um for napoli but and yeah, no, i was wow. taking a look at uh Osman's, like injury history too like if he's supposed to be out for the, the 80, 90 days that he's supposed to be out for, he's going to be missing 38 games um, since he's come to Napoli, which is yeah basically a season, if not more. So he's kind of been like out for a full season, which is pretty crazy to, to think about. But um, although like what Jerry's saying uh, does make sense with regards to like, going in on challenges and stuff like that, I think obviously he's still young. Like he's 22. He's younger than me, which is crazy to believe. Hmm. Um, so like in general, I think he's still got plenty of time to kind of uh, continue to prove his worth when he comes back. But obviously... Yeah, I think he'll be out for a little bit right now. Um, well, and I think, I think Stephen brought 20, up a good point. 22 Jerry, years old. That's even yeah. worse. Like, yeah. he, if he was 30 years old, I think the psychological part would be much stronger. He's 20 It seems like he's, old. yeah, he, he's kind of fine. Huh. I found himself in Napoli. I think he's got a good crew around him, though. So I think uh, I think he'll be looked after with a few espressos and stuff. But. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and like, I, I want to pick on something Jerry said where I thought he made a great point, and Stephen as well. Because, like, Jerry, when you bring up, the psychological aspect of it. Uh, at the very least, I'm going to be very curious how aggressive he plays in the air when he comes back because that's a big part of his game. And like I was commenting on that in one of our Calcio group chats with our buddy Joe Fischetti, who's a, who's a Napoli supporter, covers Napoli, Fortunopoli pod. And like I was even saying that like he's so fearless and aggressive in the air, like maybe a little bit too fearless sometimes. It's why your your head is going to take some knocks when you play that aggressive with aerial challenges. And I, I wonder, I wonder if when he returns, if it's just going to be business as usual back to his old habits, or if he's going to be a little bit more hesitant, but it's a huge part of his game. But then I also thought Steve brought up a good point on the recovery. Uh, so a couple of things are going to come into play here. The psychological aspect will come into play as to how aggressive he is when he returns. But as far as training for the return, it is a great point you make Steve that, like he can still keep his body fit because he can still run. So if he if he had like a broken leg, that would be a lot worse because then when you're actually cleared to train again, 
you're basically starting your conditioning back from zero where he can keep his conditioning. Now, I don't think there's any substitute for playing in actual matches because you can't really simulate that. So it's maybe not 100%, but he can keep his fitness to like 90, 95% before he's able to actually do contact again. So that in itself might you know, help him into kind of returning back uh, close to 100% a little bit quicker. But you got to wonder if he's wearing a mask when he comes back, how is that going to affect his game? And how is his fear, fearlessness in the air going to be affected? Yep. No, absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. So um, so something I, I wanted to get uh, you guys' take on, and then we can talk a little bit more about uh, about the Lazio-Juventus match. Uh, but as far as, far as you know, the, the teams at the top of the table, near the top of the table right now, because obviously Napoli and Milan uh, at the top and Inter are four points back. And um seven points off or atalanta you know out of out of the top three or four teams uh jerry i'll start with you who do you feel the best about right now right i mean we can keep in mind inter's kind of uneven form um you know with milan i think people are kind of always wondering are they going to come back down to earth at some point like they did last season and then napoli with some injury issues now which of these teams jerry do you feel the best about to actually close it out and win a scudetto None. None. If I have to, I'll say Milan maybe. That's it. Okay. I'll say Milan. I'll give Milan just because they've been the most consistent in the last two seasons. And overall, like, aside from what Inter was able to achieve last year, um, it's a, the downslide, yeah, it, Pioli's team kind of slipped at the end in the, in the latter part, but – for the most part, I've seen this team really mature and kind of take another step under Pioli, and and, and good on him because uh, a lot of people counted him out. And and I was, I wrote a piece about him for Get Italian Football News, like I think two seasons ago, where I where I said this was the right signing, that like, this is the guy who could really change it around for them. And reason why I always go back to his time with Fiorentina and how he always took uh took took control of a story, the passing of a story. And he really controlled that team properly. Like, and I think that it really helped him to understand the people's side of the game a lot. And he kind of built a lot of good relationships there. And I think that Fiorentina, the, the fan base itself has a lot of respect for Pioli. I don't think they boo him when he, when he returns from, so. from what, yeah. from what I know, like he never left them bad terms. So, and that, that tells me a lot, right? So the team has looked really good this season. And if they crash out of Champions League, which is most likely going to happen, and I don't even think they're going to make Europa League, that they're they're in the driver's seat. It reminds me of Lazio 2019-20, where we should have won, I'll be honest. And, yeah. and, and I think this is going to be the same scenario for Milan, where they are going to – they're going to – the driver's seat's there. It's there for the taking, and how they control it, how they seize it, is up to them now. You know what I mean? I think they got a good bench. They got some depth. Um, they, this is a team that you, they lost Rebic. Doesn't really matter. I've heard, I, I've seen the injury bug in this team too long now, where Tamori's out and some yeah. goddamn player comes in like Kalulu, and you know, like who's Kalulu and Kalulu. That's the thing, Jerry, and I and and I'm I'm right there in lockstep with you. Where I give I give a ton of respect to Milan and why I do I do fear them. Like I you know I I think I think Inter have the deepest squad. 
I think Napoli's best 11 is probably the best 11. But the thing that I respect so much about Milan, if I'm going to give you their advantage, is because we, we've seen it now in, in big parts of this season and last season where they suffer so many injuries. They had a bunch of COVID troubles last year as well. And no matter who they have to rotate in, no matter how catastrophic the injuries seem to be from players in the starting 11 and big-time players, whether it's like, you know, Teo, Ibra, you know, pick your poison, Ben Asser, no matter who is out, the next man up, and the results don't go any different. Like, they, they still grind. And I know they just suffered their first loss of the season, so I'm not using the Fiorentina game as the example. But for the most part, no matter who goes down for Milan, because they do suffer a ton of injuries, uh, they still tend to grind out the same results on the pitch. So I – there, there's something special going on there. And I think it probably does have a lot to do with Pioli and the continuity because he's been there now for a while. Uh, but yeah, I, I give that as a big strength for Milan because oftentimes when when the other big clubs suffer important injuries, the results suffer. But for Milan, they don't seem to suffer too much. Yeah, no. Um, I think um, looking at like the top three, like you said, with the Napoli, Milan, and, and Inter, I think right now Napoli has their most difficult stretch. Um, I think this is really going to play a part in their season and, and kind of cement themselves as if they are going to challenge for the Scudetto or if they're going to drop off. Um, obviously, I think they have they have Lazio, they have Atalanta, Leicester, Milan, and Juventus in the next month and a half, um, wow. or less than a month and a half, which is going to be very tough, especially with this uh, most recent injury to um, Osman, so it's going to be interesting to see if they can kind of keep up their good form that they've had this season. Um, I know we've seen Azzurri fan Phil always saying, you know, oh, no, now it's time for, for Napoli to face some tough opponents, but it's really going to come down to this now. So we're going to see if they're going to be able to fare with that. Um, with Milan, um, obviously, they're going to be out of Champions League soon, so they're really just going to have to focus yeah. on Serie A. So their, their main goal is going to be to win that Scudetto. And obviously, if you look at Inter, more likely than not, qualify for the next round of the Champions League. Who knows how far they'll go after that. But um, obviously, they're going to be preoccupied with a few other things. So I think right now, if we're looking at things in the long stretch, um, I think Milan probably has the best bet because like we've said, we've seen how well they've been able to fare um, with injuries. My only thing is how many injuries are they, are they going to kind of pick up? And is yeah. um, Ibrahimovic and all those other guys going to be able to keep them afloat for as long as they did last season? I don't know if they're going to be able to have the same strength to repeat that. Um, but obviously, it's been good to see Pioli. Uh, I'm doing well once again this year. Milan doing good as well. So um, we look at Inter. Um, like I said, if they're able to kind of, who knows what will happen tomorrow with all the results that kind of pull in, if Sheriff's going to sneak in with that spot, if they draw Shakhtar. Because I know, I think someone tweeted out today that Inter hasn't scored against Shakhtar in like the last few matches or something like that. <laughs> they, so, they haven't <laughs> scored on them since the Europa League semifinal. Yeah, so years who ago. knows? Crazier things have happened. But um, I, obviously, I like what, what Inter is doing. I know they got Inzaghi in there with a 3-5-2, and, and obviously he's transitioned, I think, fairly well. But um, you guys will start to see some of the things that uh, we started to see with Lazio, whereby maybe some things are going to start to bother you a little bit more as the season progresses. So... Um, one of those things whereby right now I think Milan's kind of in the in the best boat, um, but obviously Napoli yeah. and um, and Inter are, are very close behind. I have so, Inter uh, winning the Scudetto still. I think they're going to win it. I think who? I think Simone Inzaghi is going to cement himself as finally as 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 one of those managers that needs to be respected and and has to right be, back, guys. And, and needs to be more recognized. Like yeah. Either way, like if he does Nick. win the Scudetto, obviously, like he's going to be become a, a lot more respected manager. I think he's respected right now, but not to the level as as some of the other managers. Obviously, he's a little bit younger. He's only coached Lazio, um, so now this big step up with Inter is a little bit um, 
a different to kind of prove his worth, right? So if he does win the Scudetto, I think that really cements his name and puts his name out there. Um, but that's that's a long way to go. Obviously, we've, we've kind of given them, I think most people have kind of said Inter or uh, Milan or Napoli are going to win uh, the Scudetto this year, but it'll be interesting to see who actually does at the end of the year. I, so I, I want to I want to ask you guys uh, an opinion question, and of course I'm the Interista, and, and you guys are both Laziali. So if you could pick like a club or maybe two clubs that you wouldn't mind seeing win a Scudetto, because obviously every every Italian football fan has teams that they despise, and then there are teams that they tolerate, right? So. If, if there was a club or two, you wouldn't mind seeing a Scudetto. I'll, I'll give you guys mine. Obviously, um, every time Juventus wins a Scudetto, a part of me dies. I never I never want to see that again as long as I live. Um, I, I don't despise Milan as much as I despise Juve, but there's obviously the city rivalry and Milan Twitter. are They are a very loud, very large bunch. Milan Twitter is gigantic. And just to see them all happy, it, it would kill me. Uh, so obviously not Juve, not Milan. Um, I, I think I'm in the same boat with Jerry. Steve may feel the same way. I cannot stand Gasparini, so I don't. You know, I know Atalanta are a team that, like a lot of the, you know, the part the impartials will say, oh yeah, that's a fun team, and they never win. I'd like to see them win. I would not like to see them win. Um, now, part of me wouldn't mind seeing Napoli win. Part of me would be annoyed because obviously, like if Napoli won a Scudetto, which hasn't happened since Maradona. Um, you know, I, I, I think it'd be a pretty cool story and I'd be happy Jerry for our buddy, Joe, uh, and for, uh, for our buddy, uh, Johnny, even though he's half Napoli, half Roma, which is kind of ridiculous. Uh, but then I would also have to deal with the Phil Twitter rants and the Sansone Twitter oh. rants. If Napoli won a Scudetto, so I'm a little bit torn. That would that be, one. that'd be a uh, good, that'd be a funny day if that were to happen. I'd, oh. I'd like to see their rant of tweets. They'd have to go live or something as well together. <laughs> oh, they would. I'm sure they would. So honestly, like, and not, and I'm not just saying this because I'm with the two of you guys. Uh, Lazio are, and I'm just talking about realistic teams who could win it. Obviously, like, like, no, you Lazio's know, not in it. what's think, that? Lazio's not realistic. Well, I don't even mean this year. I just mean in general. Like, I mean, like general. If, if Lazio <laughs> won a Scudetto, you wouldn't be shocked as compared to if like Palermo won a Scudetto, right? I mean, but you know. if Lazio won a Scudetto, I, I don't know what I would do, man. Like, I seriously like. I, I will have to think something crazy to do because how cheap our owner is, to be honest. I would go up like, to Canada and I'd party with you guys. I don't know, oh, man. We'd follow you down. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, if The only thing that convinced me that, that gives me a slight hope that Lacho can win a Scudetto anytime soon is the fact that they want sorry long-term. So that gives me some hope that – Latito's considering to buy players maybe to 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 kind of create a project to win. And the fact that we actually got a sponsor and a shirt sponsor coming soon, which is even more crazier. But um, I mean, like a bigger one, uh, an upgrade over Macron, which is like, I don't know what, what's going on with Lazio. The, the days are... Uh, are starting to turn around. We got all if these I had to choose, going Nike, can be Atalanta, Romani, and then we got uh, yeah, we got us going at Mizuno, fucking Kappa, Mizuno, yeah, exactly, Mizuno. Does Emporio oh, yeah, Armani make Mizuno, shirts for anybody man. else? Oh. Like I've never, I don't know if I've. Seen I don't them. think so. Don't uh, think not that so, I'm aware right. of, at least. That was kind of a big surprise when when uh, yeah. they announced that. But big flex, that is for sure. So so Jerry, hey, Jerry. Jerry, we know you're an undercover oh. Interista, so is Inter your answer? Like, w w which team do you not mind seeing win? I know it's not Roma. Um, 
it would be Inter for sure because Simone Inzaghi. I would love to see him win a Scudetto. I don't care that he left Lazio. I don't buy the reports of how he left. It doesn't bother me because I need to hear from Inzaghi's mouth of how it went down. You know what I mean? Latito's right. lied so many times. The guy freaking bullshit the COVID-19 cases, okay? At the end of the day, I don't trust Latito, and I don't trust his word. So I I, I trust Nzaki much more than I would trust Latito right now. Let's, I think people are, are forgetting that. Like, a lot of Lazio fans are like, oh, Nzaki lied to us, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, let's just remember who Latito is, too. So don't, uh, don't take your foot off the gas there. Um... Atlanta, no, absolutely not. Um, Milan, no, because if I wouldn't mind Inter winning it, then it would be so stupid for me to even say Milan <laughs> because it's like it would make no sense to be honest. Um, Napoli, I, I I wouldn't mind Napoli for one reason because Cheeto's from Napoli town, ah, so I always shout. had like a, a soft spot. I always had a soft spot for Napoli because of Cheeto, so yeah. I respect the fact that where he's from, and so I, I I have like this little soft spot for Napoli. Um, who else is there? That's in the running. Is there a team named Roma? Uh, there is. Um, I mean, I figure you you, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to see Mourinho win another Scudetto. How fun! I think would that we have be? just about the same um, probability of winning the Scudetto as Salernitana at this point. So. Oh, you're breaking out. Yeah. Oh, what? Did I cut out there? No, I I could hear him fine. I, yeah, I think Jerry. I think maybe you're breaking up. Yeah, I think it is. I think Jerry's breaking <laughs> up. He's breaking yeah. up. I said Roma, and he had to go. <laughs> is it me? Yeah. I think it's you. Yeah. Now you're so, a little bit. Is I breaking out? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, because I can hear him fine. I can see you guys. Can you hear me? Fuck. Ooh. Uh, oh, disconnect and reconnect. <laughs> it's funny because we can hear him. He just can't hear Mother us, I guess. Fuck. <laughs> now he's just cursed. Fuck. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Uh, Am I back? Yeah, you you've been you've been there all along. Are you there? Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm here. I see you guys. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> I I think I think you just had was, some lag. It was slowing down lag. before. Oh. Uh, I think I am. What what about you, Steve? Uh, which clubs okay. would you not mind see win? Uh. I was starting to think of another question. I was like, what what team, if you were, were like to rank the opposite way, which one would you hate to see win the most out of like, Ooh. I was thinking like with the Roma event, like that, that's where it gets a little bit more tricky. But I think um, apart from Watto obviously winning, I think I'd, I'd probably say Napoli. Um, Inter for the same reason as Jerry had mentioned. Like obviously I don't have too many close ties. I know that Inter always steals our players and then they always say they're going to win something and never do. So, you know what? Maybe with Nzagi it'll finally pay off. Yeah, you know, Kendra. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Inter doesn't steal our player. I, I'm not defending Inter. If you really look at the track record, a free transfer is not stealing a player, though. Like, oh, no, no. I mean, steal our players as in they just, yeah, they just take all of our players at the end of the day after all because they all oh. win trophies at Inter. But um, that didn't happen until recently. I think De Vrij was, like, the first one. Yeah. So, you know, good, good for him. So maybe it'll happen again this year. No, but apart leaving. from then, I think Napoli. I've always had kind of a um, – Maybe it's the light blue color with them. Obviously, the city. Um, I've been there, so 
I think Napoli would probably be the the top one, and then Inter second, I guess I could say. So yeah, but it, so like you said, I want to pick up on what you said about about the worst would be, and you know what? I don't. I want to explain myself so you don't think I'm contradicting myself because I, I did mention a few minutes ago that you know I, I hate Juve more than I could ever hate Milan, but thing is like it's been so long since Milan has won something and I just I just know I know what the celebration would be like and and I and I understand how I think I know how it would feel because when Inter were celebrating their Scudetto back in May I saw how annoyed the Milanisti got and like I know I know if the shoe were on the other foot it would feel the same way right because all the all the Inter supporters were having their spaces on Twitter where they were partying and the Milanisti were all miserable. And if the shoe was on the other foot, the Interisti would be would be miserable because Inter broke a very long Scudetto drought. Milan, if they were to win it this year, Milan have the same Scudetto drought uh, as long as the one that Inter had that they just broke. And so, uh, yeah, so as crazy as it may sound, because obviously like Juve have done so much winning of Scudetti. Uh, if Milan were to win one like ne- this year or next year, that it would just, it would be... From my perspective, the celebrations would be very obnoxious. So I, I think I might, I think I might have to go with them. And then Juve are a very close second. Interesting. Yeah. No. Obviously, I think Roma's Roma's first for us, Jerry. Um, but then second, I honestly think it would have to be Juventus again. Like growing up, obviously, like I, I'm only 23, so I was used to just seeing Juventus win every single year, and that was just bothersome. So I don't want to see them going on another Scudetto run for a very long time. I hate you. I'd, I'd honestly prefer. Inter Milan to win it for the next like 10 years and see Juventus lift one again. So <laughs> I, I would choose Atalanta over Juventus or Roma. Oh, that's really, that's, yeah, I would. I, I don't care, man. I'd rather see Gasparini take his trophy and my banter is done. I can't banter him on that side. You know what would anymore. be even worse? And no, I, I obviously I don't see it happening can't. anytime soon. Juventus winning Champions League would be worse, right? Oh, that's, because that's they, they, they've won so many Scudetti. <laughs> And we can still banter them for never winning the Champions League. I mean, they, they've won two, but back in the day, that if Juve, if Juve were to win a Champions League, that would be way worse. Oh, yeah. At least with Atalanta, I, I can say the fact that Gasparini doesn't play dinosaur ball. So, I, I, yeah. I, I'm not angry. I, that's how I'll respect him. Is for, I'll respect him as a manager for what he's uh, tactically and in, in the, the game itself, but as a person, individual, can't, man. That's just a whole different ballgame, but Hey, I I just hope it's not Juventus again because uh, even though Juventus are back like so much points, don't ever count them out. Yeah. Don't ever count them out. This team can all of a sudden just – who knows what they do in the transfer market. Maybe they do bring in like some players. Like they got the money to do it. So, well, they don't, but they do. Right? So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like this. We'll have an, like, an, an inflow of cash. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, with with Anya Lee. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Jerry. I want to ask Stephen a question, actually. So you know how earlier in the show you said that Juventus, I mean, uh, Chelsea was never sorry. Juventus, Inter was never going to turn down 120 million dollars for Romelu Lukaku. Yeah. Do you think that the time has come for Savage this summer, and and Latito takes the offer? Or does he does he hold out and wait another year until he decides to sell him? Like I think it's always been the same case. I think he's got okay. that certain cash, that that number in mind. And if that yeah. number is set, I think they have an agreement whereby it's kind of like that Grealish deal when uh, the Aston Villa man or 
think it was the president came out and said, you know what, we had this deal. Didn't think anyone was ever going to match it. They did. We talked about it and that was it, right? They already come to agreement. So I think if, if that's, and I believe that's currently the case right now, I think they've had a discussion and said, you know what, if that number comes into effect, obviously it might be a little bit reduced due to what's happened with COVID and stuff like that. But I think if that number is indeed hit, um, I think they go, okay, you know what, we've already had this discussion. We knew that the time would come eventually. Uh, and so be it. I can't see him being one of those players who forces a move out. Like I know a lot of people are saying, you know what, oh, it's going to be the summer. It's going to be the summer. But we've heard that for the past three years. I yeah. can't see him going all of a sudden, okay, you know what, yeah, now I'm gone. Um, his agent coming out recently saying, you know what, like no disrespect a lot, so he's meant for a bigger club. You know what, okay, that kind of stirs the pot a little bit and kind of goes, okay, why is he doing that? Um, maybe it's because he is trying to get a bigger move for his client this summer and maybe he's low on cash, but he wants to do a little bit more deals, I don't know. Hmm. But um, one of those things, right, like I don't think he's going to force a move out. I think it's going to be one of those things where if like a Real or – a Barca or a PSG comes in and goes, hey, we're going to give you this 100-plus deal for Malinkovic Savage, I think that's when they go, okay, yes, it's time to part ways, but to be determined, obviously. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't buy into his agent, but uh, I wonder what the price is. I think it's either 85 or 100 in between that. He won't accept left for 85 like that, I I'd want to see like in general like if we compare a recent midfielder who was transferred like if Grealish is transferring for that much, I'm sorry Milinkovic is up there as well. And that's the way it is. Yeah. I know I know it's Premier League tax or whatever you want to call it. Um, mm -hmm. But hey, you know what? Maybe Man City comes in and goes for Milinkovic Savage, and then either way we're getting an excess of 100 million for sure, right? So I think he's around that minimum range of of 85 90 for for sure. I don't I think uh, there's a question about that. I never know what the heck a player's value actually, because there's there's no really fair evaluation of what if the base off of whatever I mean. willing to pay. So, yeah, yeah, so like vague, but I think he stays for one more year, and then the verdict is out there because he's gonna hit 28 next summer, next uh, next the following season I think he'll be 28 and like he'll be in his prime, right? So, but there's there there's the 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 other side where he's locked up until 2024 and his agent is so dumb because <laughs> no his agent's so dumb because he just renewed a contract just recently yeah and and then you go off the record and talk like that like why did you even sign him to a new contract then should just the best part of it was to like it was to tuto juve like it, it wasn't even a, if it was like a a corriere dello sport or like is that a little sport it was it's tuto juve out of all places to do right ahead of the lazio juventus game like, it was just it was very odd to, to come out and say that especially in the that's time the too but that's yeah. another thing yeah but I'm done was, if he goes to, if he goes to Juventus, I'm sorry, uh, I'm, I'm gonna take a break from watching from watching football for a little bit. <laughs> oh, I I don't know if I can ever cheer for him again if he went to Juventus. Oof, that would be yeah. tough. Man. I don't know, man. I I really I I would yeah. really be disheartening. Like that would be, that's like going to Roma to me. Like that that's kind of similar. You know what I mean? Like, but it would never happen because Latito does not get along with uh, Agnelli. So. I think there's kind of some bad blood there. I, I I don't know. Apparently something happened between the two sides where there was like a shady deal or something, or he kind of like disrespected Latito and he could have took it to heart. I don't remember what happened though, but I feel a lot of people are against Latito and and for no reason, or maybe there is a reason, but I have a feeling a lot of, of presidents and stuff like that are are against Latito for whatever reason. So 
Because he wants to be the next politician, man. That's the problem. Does he want to be the next Berlusconi? Yeah, he actually does. He wants to. There, there was like talks he was in the running to become mayor or something like that. I don't know. Wow. But like, I, I don't think he should do it, man. Like, you don't mix politics with football. You know what I mean? You're going to get into politics, sell your team, like outright sell your team and don't ever come back because you're asking for trouble, man. That's, that's, that's my opinion, but. Well, let, let me ask you guys, uh, Steve, you can go first, and then Jerry, I'll give you the last word. Uh, give a little uh, review, your perspective on the Juve match. 2-0, uh, two Bonucci penalty kicks. Uh, you know, you, you did talk a little bit about it, Steve, where you thought that, uh, that you know, m- m- maybe, maybe a draw, but Lazio didn't deserve to win. What were some of your other takeaways from that one? Yeah, like I think both teams, it was one of those matches where we knew we were going to be without Immobile. They also knew that it was going to be the case too. I think Allegri surprised um, Saudi and Latu in general, whereby that formation change with three at the back, obviously that reverted quickly after Danilo got injured. But I think overall, it was like one of those games that we didn't take advantage of, of what we should have been taking advantage of. Like I think the wings and the flanks with the pace that Lazzari has, with the skill that Felipe Anderson has, um, Zakani, obviously we haven't seen too much of him, but we know what he's been able and capable of um, doing with Alas Verona. So I thought we should have used the flanks a lot more because Juventus knew we were going to try to play down the middle. That's why we put Pedro in a false nine role because Saudi obviously trusts him. He's, he's been with him for a while, so we thought that he'd be the best suited player for that spot. But as I mentioned uh, when I went, uh, when I sent that uh, video to IFTV afterwards, he tried to switch the, the attacking trident four times throughout the game. So it's not like he was one for saying, you know what, I'm sticking with the same formation, the exact same players, and not switching it up at all. It was more so of that, you know what, I'm going to try to do everything I can to try to get something going. And unfortunately, it just didn't happen. Whether it be, like I said, I, I don't think I really saw Milinkovic Savic. Obviously, like, he was there. Obviously, he was trying his best. Luis Alberto was kind of absent. And that was one of those games whereby he just he just disappeared. Like, we didn't really see him do too much. Um, and that's where he kind of struggled. I thought it was good to see Cataldi play for as long as he did. Because um, I was expecting, obviously, you know, Lucas Leiva and him going back and forth. To give Cataldi start against Juventus really shows that, that Saudi is really trusting him and putting his faith in him, which was good to see. Um, and also defending him after the game by saying, you know, the penalty, it's one of those rigorinos, as, as Gasparini calls them. Um, but overall, like I said, I thought it was going to be a really tight affair, especially coming off the international break. It kind of seems like whenever Lazio gets into a good run of form, the international break comes and then we lose yep. the, the game right afterwards. And those games that, you know what, if we do win, it's very good for us, but we always yeah. lose that important game right after. Kind of is becoming one of those trends now that, that I've kind of seen over recent years, which is unfortunate, but... Yeah, overall, I thought it was going to be a tight one and obviously two penalties to seal the deal for Juventus. I think without those, it, it would have been probably a draw or maybe a one nothing win for Juventus. But like I said, end of the day, we didn't we didn't create. We didn't do enough in the attack, um, whether that be because of our midfield buildup, whether that be not getting between the lines. Overall, this wasn't good enough. So we uh, obviously lost that one. I think that when you can see the first goal against Juventus, very few teams are able to come back at the end of the day. That's another problem where they park five guys in the back. They play a low block. They suffocate the box. They defend very well. And it makes it even harder when your number nine is out of the game too, right? So the, the goal that we conceded first just kind of paved way for Juventus. I think that if the game is still 0-0, the field is... The, the, the play of the game is much different where Juventus will will 
will invite you to attack, right? Yeah, because they that's, did look unorganized. Like before the first goal, obviously yeah. that, that injury change kind of switched things up. But even before that, I thought Lazio was playing a lot better. And then they seemed very disorganized. Like I was trying to pick out what formation they were playing and who was marking who and kind of how they were reading and marking players. And, and they kind of looked lost overall. So I think when they got that penalty, you know what, they just reverted back 4 4 2 park the bus, get in there, right? And then they're just trying to sweep off the counter. And with Keza's pace, like, that was always going to be an issue. And we saw that on the second goal, uh, whatever Reyna was doing in, in La La Land. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Jerry, your yeah, big like, takeaways before we wrap it up. Don't start Pepperina again. Like, just, like, just please, let's, let's start. Like, like just, just, I'm sorry, man. If we're going to criticize Thomas Strakosha for making a mistake in the Europa League and conceding a goal, let's take a, a minute to blame Pepperena for a stupid challenge that should have been a red card, I'll be honest. That is a clear red card. It's a disgusting challenge because it's not like he's running towards him. He stops and he decides to jump and slide tackle to him like it's freaking Street Fighter Five here. Like, what is going on here? Like, what is what the heck is going on here? He could have took his legs out. Seriously, as, as much as I agree that Locatelli should have been a red, this is a red as well. And, like, it's just not needed. And he's been bad this year. I hate to ba- ba- break it. He has not been convincing for me. I think Strakosha has been gr- very good in the Europa League. Every game, he has played very well. He's made big saves. He's bailed out Lazio. He's looked like the, his old self when he plays, okay? Um, I think this guy needs to get a string of games together, see what we have in him. Um, I know that. His situation's uh, odd. His situation is very odd. It, it it's is, similar but... to, like I said with Murici, it, it's the same deal whereby he's out of favor, and this January he's gone. There's no like, there's no question about it. Like, the reason why they're not playing him and why they're, you know what, they've, they've given up on him. Like, like, that's it. And now, obviously, seeing him tweet after the game, I'm done mentally, that, that also, you know, it adds on to the fact as well. But in general, with Strakosha, we've been saying this since Nzagi took him out of the goal and, and started playing Reyna. Yes, Reyna's better with his feet. Yes, you know what, maybe Reyna has that game where he keeps us in it. But I do remember when Strakosha was on form, when he had another goal here, when he was just breaking into the starting 11, that season or two seasons afterwards, he played very well and he kept Lazio in a lot of games. Like, I remember that we were kind of comparing them with, um, I think at the time it was it was Musso and someone else who were like these Cranio, I believe. And they were like, these guys are very good. They're the most promising goalkeepers in Serie A right now. And then that season after, it's like he was like, you know what? I'm the number one goalie at Lazio. I have no competition. Silvio Proto is my backup. I don't really care. I'm going to be playing every single game. I think that mentality got to his head. It built up and built up and obviously started conceding and, and making a lot um, of silly mistakes. That's when he took him out of the net. And then I think, you know, whatever happens behind the scenes with the contract negotiations or what is said between a player and a manager. Um, but it made it clear the season when Saudi came in that maybe it's not him and Saudi, maybe it's him and Lotito or him and management mm-hmm. because there's no other reason why he is not starting. It's just as simple as that. Like Reyna is at this age a backup goalie as much as, you know what, he was good in his prime, but right now, he obviously, he's not a starter, and Shikosha should be. So at the end of the day, even if he does make a few mistakes and he concedes like Pepperina does, he should be in the goal right now. So his situation is a very peculiar one, a peculiar one, sorry, I should say. And I think this January or this summer, he, he's going to be gone. Like We need to look for another goalkeeper. It doesn't make sense to renew him. Even if we do renew him and he stays, I don't understand it. Like His mentality is going to be gone. Even if he does get a stretch of games right now for five, six games, he knows that he's not wanted at the club. 
or if that's the case, like it just doesn't make sense to me. They haven't said anything otherwise, nor has he said anything too. Like usually it's one of those things where like, you know, Luis, Luis Alberto comes out and he says if he's unhappy, right? Shakosha's kind of sat there and been very quiet about the whole thing, just working behind the scenes, not saying too much. I think he's got something lined up afterwards whereby he knows like his time here has come to an end. Unfortunately, it sucks, but I think that's going to be the case. Yeah, uh, it's it's tough, man. Um, other takeaways from this game: we need a number nine. That's the glaring issue. Um, yeah. No disrespect. I, mm-hmm. I feel bad for Marici because it's not just that he's a bad player; it's it's how it got to that point where, like, we we never gave. We brought this guy in, and right off the bat. We just gave up on it. Like after a game, it was just already done. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't any consistent playing and and trying to build him into the team, trying to help him at the beginning. So as much as we like to blame him for how bad he is, and I get that there are flaws to his game, people have to remember it's a con- there's there are a lot of factors to why it didn't work out for Michi as well. Like COVID, injuries starting late last season and then a new manager came in and that doesn't his style of play doesn't really adapt to what he is asking i don't know what was what convinced him so much in the in the um in the preseason to be honest who was sorry because well, like, Sovo plays with a 4-2-3-1 so it's kind of similar to saudi's 4-3-3 obviously nowhere near tactically the same but in general the formation is the same whereby they whip crosses into him he gives those like kind of layoffs holds up the ball so with that regard, I think a lot of us were saying this season is the season whereby, you know, if he's going to show something or if he's going to perform, this has to be it. But obviously, like you said, when you when you got a few minutes here or there, when you're when you're not started over the striker who is injured and you play someone who's not a false nine in a false nine position because you, like that's just the extent that it's got. If I was him, I, I would have said, you know what, I, I'm not going into play. Like <laughs> I'd say at that point, you're going to throw me into, into the field yeah. 15 minutes left and you want me to do something. How, how would you feel in that situation, right? Um. Yeah, it's a it's a tough one with him. You could say that, but at the end of the day, he is still getting paid. So yeah, have, obviously he's paid. But I mean, have, in general, his, his mentality, I, I should say, his mentality, I, I should say, at that point is, why do I even want to go onto the field if I know I'm gone in January? The coach doesn't want me. Right. I'm not going to be playing. But the mentality, I should say, not the player himself. Yeah, we've seen plenty of guys check out under those circumstances. Listen, yeah. I, I wanna I wanna offer a huge thanks to Stephen K. Moore. Uh, founder of the Laziali for joining us. Let people know where they can hold find on. your work I, and your hold product. On. I want to ask him one more question. Sure. Who do you start? Who do you start on Thursday if if mm. Immobile is not fit to play? Like, because we're on this topic. Like, I, I'm just thinking here. Like, you said a good point. His, his mentality shot right, yeah. but in, in this situation, like, we don't know if Felipe Anderson's fit or not. I, I know that you, you posted that. It's questionable. He's got a calf injury. Pedro is supposed to be out as well. Um, he didn't train. So oh. it's going to be difficult to say right now. Like We'll wow. probably find out more tomorrow ahead of the game. But See, let's just say everyone is is there but a mobile. It's one of those games, like, if we lose this Europa League game, like, we can't clinch first. So I think this game, right. we got to come out firing with, with everyone who is available to us and play our, our best 11. Unfortunately, right now, that's that's not Mudici. He doesn't fit into that that best 11 that we have right now. He's out of form. So, unfortunately, it's going to be kind of the same front three or or a, a mix of that front three, whether it be Zakani comes into the middle, Felipe Anderson, whether they swap throughout the game. Um, 
who knows though right now because obviously we're kind of waiting to hear what the injury situation is going to be like i think it's a mobile if we banderson and pedro are all kind of doubtful right now and if that's the case who knows we might see like a moro zakanyi and and murici up front like who knows what's going to happen right so a little too early to say i think you have to start murici i i like it or not you have to because you also have to keep an eye open for napoli do you want to risk players to, on Thursday when you oh, have yeah. a game ahead? You know what I mean? I, I think do or die, whatever, you got to do with the best with Marici. You tell him, hey, if buddy, players are doubtful, like if, let's say, Felipe Anderson, you, you know what, is, is he's doubtful for this game or he's like fighting to get back and, and fighting off an injury. I think obviously Murici is your yeah. best bet. You got to throw him into the mix, but you we'll see what happens. I, I, I think this is a, if I'm, if I'm sorry, like this, you say this is your opportunity, man. Like you go in. Um, and you, you, you I, who knows? Maybe I think sorry doesn't beat him up. I think that he tells him, and I think he's very supportive of him because we saw that in the summer where he he kind of spoke up to the fans and didn't like how people are kind of disrespecting him, right? So I think that yeah. he's, I think he has the backing of his manager, and, and, and it's, I think it's a healthy relationship. I don't think it's bad compared to what maybe some some people actually think. Um, it's not it's not the manager that has made him mentally down. It's the fans that boo him at games, the fans that disrespect him, um, being criticized so often in in limited performances on Twitter on on social media. And I think that that is the mental part of his game. That's kind of really think about being a a, a player for Lazio and your home crowd boos you after like three games. It's like what the heck, man. I don't want to play here. Uh, yeah. You're not supposed to be booed by your fans. You're supposed to, good or bad, and and that's what that's what bothers me a lot is that a lot of people are so defensive about Immobile and he doesn't score for Italy. But it's like, oh, it's it's fine, it's fine that Immobile. Uh, we got to protect him. But what about how Marici scores goals for international play, and he's a beast for Kosovo. But when it's Lazio, he's not as good. But right away. He gets beat. He gets killed. Like, you know what I mean? It's like a double standard. Like you, you can't you can't just favor one. And I know I know how we are so loyal to our players. Well, it, it's the, the double standard is not right. If you're gonna treat Immobile with all that respect, look at Caicedo in his first season. We shat on him. Good for him though, because he showed that he's a strong player and can say, "Go fuck yourself." I'm gonna show you guys who who's better. Like and did it so i respect him for that part but like it's just we're we're, we're really fucked on thursday yeah, we're, we're, we're fucked. oh yep. yes we're, we're really fucked man you're this muted is... there alex holy fuss yeah you're sorry muted. I, I was we're, muted. we are so fucked yeah like oh and what you guys did oh another point man i got these ideas because steven's here and what a joke jorge's in the group this is good your team's, a, your team's a fucking joke, first off. Throwing bottles at freaking Payet. Like, what the heck, man? If And Lazio is not allowed to travel to Marseille because we're dangerous. Like, like hold on. I'll, I'll let Steve piggyback on this. And we'll end on this topic here. This is stupid, okay? I, I, I'm happy that the Lazio fans didn't go there, and I'm happy Marseille fans didn't come to Lazio because I think it would have been a freaking war. Let's just be realistic yeah. here. But yeah. the comment of whatever the government or the frick his name is there to go out and publicly say that he didn't want us because we're violent. 
that's where it's stupid because you say that Lazio fans are violent. They're going to come. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. And meanwhile, we go play Marseille. They're throwing shit at Luis Alberto. And then <laughs> and then they're going to get cages and block it. Where is the, the common yeah. sense here? And then yeah. another game again where it has to be abandoned, closed doors now. First was Nice versus Marseille. And now Lyon versus Marseille. And now the league on is under investigation and, and, and there can be like a lot of consequences and, and the league is in, in trouble now, basically. Like, well, hold on. Like, Lazio is, 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 I would have been more happy if they just said, for personal reasons, Lazio is, fans are not allowed to go to Marseille and how Italy did it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to become political. And that's where it backfires on you. And this guy looks like an idiot now. Like, uh, I'm done. That's it. Sorry. Steve? Yeah, no, I think I agree with Jerry. Obviously, when we saw we were drawn with Galatasaray and um, Marseille, I think that everyone knew that the case should have been off the bat. They should have said, you know what, okay, whatever the case may have been, we didn't intend this draw to happen. Obviously, it just happens randomly, but because of the history of all the fans, we're just going to keep the, the traveling limited. They could have just said, you know what, because of COVID, we need to keep it limited, but Whatever the case may have been, I think off the start, they should have said something whereby, you know what, either way, we can't have fans traveling. And then with regards to like the, the stuff being thrown at players, I don't know what um, Marseille Stadium looks like, but obviously they should obviously have protection of some sort, not just little, uh, I think it was like shields that the guys were carrying to, to prevent Luis Alberto from getting hit. Obviously, if, if I can throw a water bottle and hit a player, you know what, maybe just ban the first 10 rows or something like that. Yeah. So they can't get to them, right? Like if that's going to be the case with, with Lee Gun right now, whereby they're just throwing stuff at each other, like, Come on, just think of a solution, right? But obviously, it, it was ridiculous for, from what that um, – I can't remember. It was like the minister of sport of the cabinet or something like that that came out and said that too. It was just a random thing. And obviously, he's, he's looking like in a bit of an idiot right now. So the best is part, is. The best part is when I went to uh, London, I watched Chelsea versus uh, Southampton. They prohibited me. Like They prohibited you that you cannot bring bottles into the stadium for that reason. So if you watch a game in London – or anywhere in the UK, you're not allowed to bring a bottle in. And that's the reason why. And I was listening to the League on podcast today, and the, and they said, we don't know how this person even got into the into the stadium with a bottle. Like, they should never have been. And it's funny, if you watch the supporters, the guy who threw the bottle, one of the OM uh, supporters actually walks over to him and punches him right in the face. <laughs> yeah. He literally punches, oh, I didn't see he, that. He punches him in the face or slaps him really hard. Damn. He's like, He's like, you idiot. Yeah, the yeah. fans were really mad at him. Like, yeah. They were oh, really sure. bad. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. the, the, the collective punishments, like, you know, if, like it, it only sometimes takes one fan to really screw up yeah, and get, you know, get everybody in trouble. Yeah. So it makes sense. But listen, uh, Steve, we can't thank you enough for taking some time. Let people know where they can find your great work uh, with everything you do with the Laziale and your pod as well. Yeah, no. So um, at the handle here at S underscore K underscore more is my personal account. And then the at the underscore Laziali, I'm on Twitter and the Laziali.com is where all of our um, Lazio news comes out and our Lazio features by um, Jerry himself. So so we're all of that's happening. Jerry, you writing this week? What have you been up to? I got a match preview for Thursday's game. I got to submit right after this actually nice. for uh, Laziali and uh few interviews I wrote for the site. One with Kelly. I need to release Shavado for women. She's awesome. Lazio women's. Yeah, yeah. Trying to help yeah. her pr- get her promoted. And well, you said Lazio her... women's. You mean Napoli women's? Yo, Napoli's women. Sorry, she gave us a good take on uh, 
the four three loss for uh, for, La, for uh, Lazio and uh, what else? Uh, I got a few pieces. I've been writing one on Felipe Anderson and Cherby. I, I have so much stuff in the backlog. I I, I always forget. Yeah, dude. When you write all those yeah. stories, man, publish. I don't know why you would save stuff and, and don't uh, and, and don't um, put it out. I released like six last week, man, and and, and here I am saying I'm going to cut back. You'll you'll never cut back. Never cut back. <laughs> here, here <laughs> cut back. You can say it all, and, and and I'm the same way, dude. Like sometimes you know I do like uh, sometimes I do three or four different streams and shows per day on various different. Like you, some of you watching this probably have no fucking idea the American sports I cover, and I'm always like, yeah, I'm going to cut back. I'm not going to do many streams this week, and like, oh, four tomorrow. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, so but that's your that's man. your job, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's where I forget that I I, I treat this like my job sometimes. Instead you do of no, you you honestly that's do like, problem. and honestly, I I sometimes forget that Jerry has a day job because yeah. he takes the podcasting and the writing so seriously. If I if if this wasn't and, and this this specific show is a passion project, but the other stuff that I do like, if I didn't do that for a living, then I probably wouldn't be doing any of it. Yeah. It's- it's it's hard sometimes to say no, but I'm too nice. That's that's my problem, I guess. I don't know. You're a nice fellow. <laughs> nice. Well, All right, thank you very much, guys, for having me on. Thank as you. usual, good to see you guys both and speak with you. Yeah, we will talk yes. to you guys again next time on another episode of the Calcio Connection.